0: On this episode of the Pigpen Podcast, swing and a miss for Matthew Stafford. Where does Washington go from here with the quarterback position while also not mortgaging its future? And who is the one quarterback that I actually talked myself into as I was doing research for this podcast? I'll tell you next. Drag up that diesel. Trying to find running room, and he's still on his feet. can He's got the first down to the 40. He's gone. The 35, the 30, the 20. He's gone. He's gone. Touchdown, Washington Redskins. What is good? This is the Pigpen Podcast. I'm your host, Denton Day at the Denton Day on the twitter machine it has been a little bit since we wrapped up our season we are in full-blown quarterback pursuit it seems at this point in early early february we swung and missed the franchise did on matthew stafford we put an offer in but it it couldn't beat the offer of a terrible quarterback and a lot of first round picks for Matthew Stafford that Detroit decided to go with instead. So that leaves the question, and it was somewhat addressed uh, the other day by everyone in management, it feels like, as to what is next for Washington. They don't want to uh, rush the process of finding a new quarterback. They don't want to mortgage the future and jeopardize the future of this franchise in finding and acquiring said quarterback, but at the same time, They are pursuing every single option. What the hell does that mean? I'm not 100% sure yet. I don't think even they are 100% sure yet. I don't know about you, but I am still very much uh, getting used to what it is like to have high profile people in this organization actually say real things that have real meaning behind it and make actual sense. That's been such a a new thing for this franchise over the course of Dan Snyder's tenure here. So I'm still getting used to and trying to kind of wade through what is real, what is not real, and just dealing with the coach who has a ton of power and is not afraid to answer some of these questions. So it is a bit of a culture shock for me at the moment, as I'm sure it is for you listening as as well. Uh, But so far, what I have seen from... Ron Rivera's first year here is that he has earned the trust. So I will I will rock with him as he is pursuing all options and also not jeopardizing the future of the franchise just to find a quarterback. But it does go without saying that missing out on Matthew Stafford did kind of suck. He would have been, I felt, a a very, very good fit here. I'm sure a lot of other people, a lot of of you listening would have felt Matthew Stafford uh, would take this team from the team that won a very bad division in the NFC East to uh, probably the favorite to win what is hopefully going to be a much better version of the NFC East next season. He takes a team and, and puts them in contention to make a playoff run. I don't think Matthew Stafford would have made this team a championship contender. I have been very, very clear. I think the only available, available in air quotes, quarterback that makes this team a championship contender is Deshaun Watson. Uh, I still stand by my stance. I got ridiculed for it, but I still stand by my stance in that Deshaun Watson should be the number one option if he is actually available. And when they say that they don't want to mortgage the future of the franchise, I don't necessarily think that means Deshaun Watson is completely off of the table. I definitely think that it hurts the chances to swing for Deshaun Watson, but I don't think that's off the table because at the very least with Deshaun Watson, I mean, we can argue this until we're blue in the face, but it's hard to argue that you at very least, you know what Deshaun Watson is. When I think of them saying, all right, we don't want to mortgage the future, we don't want to jeopardize the future of this team by making a silly decision, I take that more in the realm of the way that this franchise has mortgaged its future and kind of screwed things up, which is trading a ton of picks for the unknown. So I don't know now if I would anticipate, not that I was before, but I don't know now that I would anticipate trading up for a quarterback in the NFL draft, while at the same time still pursuing all options. So it's a catch 22 here. They tell you one thing and then they kind of slide the other one in there, which is like, all right, well, well, what does that really mean? Which side is really legit? I still think Deshaun Watson is the number one option. If he's actually available at the very, very least, you have to make the call. You don't have to pull the trigger, but you have to make the call for Deshaun Watson. I saw the oh i saw that pro football focus where they put chase young in the trade absolutely not no 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 love deshaun watson i don't know if there's someone in this market that loves deshaun watson more than i do we are not giving up chase young for deshaun watson he is one of the three players that in my eyes are absolutely off limits no matter what trade happens. I mean, this can go outside the realm of Deshaun Watson if you're looking to make a trade for one of the other quarterbacks that we will discuss here in just a moment. You don't give up Chase Young, you don't give up Terry McLaurin, and you don't give up Montez Sweat. Those three, off limits. Everyone else, I think there's a discussion to be had there, but you don't give up those three guys. So Watson is option number one. Still, he will continue to be option number one until he gets moved to somewhere that isn't here. This is there where the fun part comes in. Where do we trickle down in the more realistic options? Who are some of the guys that we should be looking at? On Twitter, over the past four days, I would say, there has been a lot of momentum and a lot of buildup for pursuing Derek Carr of the Las Vegas Raiders. I am not against going out and getting Derek Carr, but if we are talking about developing packages that we feel like are fair to move in order to get Derek Carr back, if the package we sent to Detroit wouldn't have been good enough to get Matthew Stafford, Derek Carr is a tier below, in my eyes, of what Matthew Stafford is. Derek Carr is younger, so that's maybe a bit... A bit more of a positive, but in terms of what you actually get on the field, Derek Carr is a step below what Matthew Stafford is. So if our trade package for Matthew Stafford wasn't enough for Detroit, we should not be adding more onto that in the hopes of getting Derek Carr. And it should be prefaced, we don't actually know if he is fully available. It's just sort of been rumors. But the rumors around Derek Carr, if we're acting in all fairness here, have been circulating ever since John Gruden has gotten to Oak, then Oakland and now Las Vegas. So I don't know how much I trust uh, the rumors of him actually being uh, available. Uh, but I do like Derek Carr. I I think he would fit well here. Uh, If you're looking to give up, here's the thing, here's the thing, here's the thing. If you got on me, and I didn't mind anyone getting on me for saying I would give up five first-round draft picks for Deshaun Watson, it was, of course, an exaggeration. You can't actually give up five first-round draft picks uh, because you can only go four years in advance. So, that aside, if you were getting on me for uh, wanting to sell the house for Deshaun Watson, but you are suggesting we should give up multiple first-round picks 4-1 for one Derek Carr, tell me where you live, we're going to meet, we're going to have a conversation, and I'm going to dump laxatives in your coffee, because it's ridiculous. If we're not giving up multiple first-round picks for Deshaun Watson, if we didn't end up giving multiple first-round picks in the rumored uh, trade package that we put together for Matthew Stafford, we are absolutely not doing it for Derek Carr. But if he is on a bargain, I, I think that's a call that you have to make. But I teased this to start the podcast, right? I teased, who's the one quarterback that I actually talked myself into as I was doing research? He plays for Vegas. It was not Derek Carr. It was Marcus Mariota. And I'm very, very hesitant still. Like, I'm not super pro go and get Marcus Mariota. I have seen him enough in the NFL to have a lot of questions. And I don't think him joining... A new team and being in a new system I don't think that answers a ton of the questions we have to recognize we are not getting college Oregon Marcus Mariota we're getting a guy that got beat out by Ryan Tannehill and Tannehill ended up playing really really well So hindsight being 2020, now that you look at how good Tannehill has played, you say, all right, it's not that bad to lose your job to Ryan Tannehill, but he has not started a, a whole lot in recent years. He didn't play great towards the tail end of Tennessee. Is being in John Gruden's offense for a year and sitting behind Derek Carr for a year, has that given him all of the necessary tools to then be a starting quarterback somewhere else? Because the way that I'm looking at how we attack this offseason in the form of getting a quarterback, I don't know if we're going to find a franchise quarterback. That might be a little bit of a pipe dream. But I know that our team is good enough with solid quarterback play to, I would say, next year win at at least 10 games. That's a big proclamation. I get it. But if you look at this past season... We won seven games, and we didn't have a ton of great quarterback play for the first half of the season. So if you implement even just good quarterback play for a lot of the starts that Dwayne Haskins had and some of the earlier parts of the season, in fact, you know what, it was just mostly the starts that Dwayne Haskins have. If we have good quarterback play in those games, we likely come out with a few more Ws, and we're around that 9-10 to 10 range wins this season. I think we're going to get better defensively by the time next season starts up. I'm hoping we're going to add a few more pieces on the offensive side of the ball. So with all of that in mind, I do think 10 wins is a realistic goal for this team as we head into next season, so long as we can have an adequate quarterback. And I think Mariota, with a very, very low price in terms of what we would give up, I mean, I'm thinking maybe, maybe third-round pick, at absolute most, there at the highest. If they say you can give us a second round pick for Marcus Mariota, I guess you can toy around with the decision. But it does seem kind of strange to deal a second round pick for a guy that didn't hasn't really played a whole lot in the last year and a half. Uh, so I don't know if I'd be willing to give up a second round. If they say, hey, give us a third and a sixth round next year, sure, do it. Let's go get Marcus Mariota, see what he can do. He did have that 18-point comeback in the postseason against an Alex Smith-led Kansas City Chiefs team, where he threw a touchdown pass to himself, which is still one of the crazier things that I've ever seen watching an NFL game. The problem with him is the reason he got benched in Tennessee is for a lot of turnovers. He was throwing ball to the other team a lot more than he should have. But as long as he is, as long as he is more of a bridge quarterback and we draft someone in the later rounds of the NFL draft, there's a deep quarterback class, so there's going to be there's going to be solid options in sort of the later rounds. I don't hate Mariota being the bridge guy. If we're going with the bridge quarterback, I would still probably prefer Alex Smith, but Alex Smith cost a lot of money this year, and Marks Mariota will not cost anywhere near that same amount of money. And it's important to mention, When it comes to Alex Smith, a lot of us sure seem to think he is 100% going to retire. Uh, I don't think that's a certainty yet. In fact, my gut feeling, I heard, I don't watch 60 Minutes because uh, I'm 25 years old and I just don't watch 60 Minutes. Uh, But I heard on the 60 Minutes piece that he did, he said this year showed him, and prove to him that he can still play in this league. So it does sound like there is still a little bit of Alex Smith that would like to come back and play this season. So don't think of it as a 100% certainty that he is gone, which in turn does make him a viable option for who could be quarterbacking this team as we move forward. I would be hesitant on that. I think we sh- we saw that the leg is still a bit of an issue in terms of recovering. Uh he was obviously able to play with the the injury. I mean, I think we should be past the point where you still cringe when Alex Smith gets hit. I mean, obviously if it's a big hit, it's a big hit and you can cringe uh, no matter what quarterback is getting getting tackled if it's a huge shot, but we are should be well past the point of questioning whether or not he can actually play in the NFL. He can do that, but it is the recovery that is an issue because the little Nixon Nixon pains that happen throughout the course of an NFL season, especially at a guy uh, that's pushing 40, he's close to 40 than he is to 30, uh, those do build up. So that is why I'm hesitant uh, about retaining Alex Smith. But again, if we're going for the bridge quarterback, I don't know if there's anybody with a better track record than Alex Smith currently in the NFL in terms of filling that role as the bridge quarterback another name that you want to be at least be on the lookout for I thought this name was going to get thrown around a whole lot more so far to this point in the offseason than it has seeing as this name was thrown around a ton during the trade deadline uh, time in the NFL which I guess now we're super big on the trade deadline in the NFL which was not always the case uh, just a few years ago but with that said It's not Jimmy G, by the way. To hell with Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't want Jimmy Garoppolo here. I would make the call to Atlanta and see what's really good with Matt Ryan. If we're throwing names around like a Derek Carr, like a Marcus Mariota, at least make the call for Matt Ryan and just see what it would take. The worst thing they're going to do is tell you to go to hell and hang up. And I'm going to guess Atlanta with a new... A completely new front office and a completely new everything, probably not going to tell you to go to hell. I don't think that Kyle Smith joining them helps our efforts to get Matt Ryan, seeing as it seems like the split wasn't exactly uh, amicable. It didn't exactly go over well. It was more, not a, not a hugely messy breakup, but you, you know, you're not looking their social media up and down every time, you know, maybe not blocking them on every social media, but you're certainly you're probably muting them. Don't want to see their Instagram stories. Don't want to see their posts. So maybe we are muted from Atlanta, but they should be in the point in time where they're going to rebuild things because that franchise has been a complete disaster ever since the crumbling in the Super Bowl. But that hasn't all been the fault of Matt Ryan. Yes, we can make all the jokes about how the Falcons uh, have been disastrous when it comes to building leads, and they always blow them. Make all of those jokes that you want. If Matt Ryan is available, it's a guy that won an MVP. He still played some good ball last season. If the price is right, uh, I would at least advise checking up and seeing uh, what it would take to to get him away. And who knows, maybe Atlanta's going to feel really generous and throw Julio Jones in on top of that. I mean, would you give two first-round picks for Matt Ryan and Julio Jones? Get them out of Atlanta. Get them off their hands. Uh, It's a very, very big salary both guys to take on, especially because Julio's contract, I think, is all but $2 million guaranteed. He signed This is like a three-year. I think it was 64 guaranteed, 66 in total, uh, just off the top of the dome there. But would you give up? Two first-round picks, maybe two first-round picks and a third-round pick to get Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. Alex Smith retires. And then you have Matt Ryan, Julio Jones on one side, Terry McLaurin on the other side. We can fill the slot uh, maybe with a Kelvin Harmon uh, type type of guy in there. All of a sudden, the offense looks a whole lot better and a whole lot more dangerous, and you match that with a great defense. Matt Ryan had his best season when the Falcons defense was playing the best it's played in his career. I think Washington's defense that's our strength so you can pair those guys up with a great defense I don't hate it you're getting two players giving up some big first rounders but you're getting two players that are studs Uh, I I don't hate that so make the call to Atlanta and then the final one actually scratch that two more two more of the out of our our realm here of course we're still considering Alex Smith an option We are still considering Taylor Heineke an option. We are still considering Kyle Allen an option. I I think we're going to have a quarterback competition if our roster stays put, which is probably the best way to go about that. Let's see what these guys are made of. A competition makes everybody better in camp, so I'm with that. But two other guys that you want to be on the lookout for, uh, Sam Darnold, and a lot of this is going to revolve around what the Jets decide to do in the neighborhood of trading Deshaun Watson, but there is a possibility They trade Deshaun Watson to a team like the Houston Texans. Houston says, you know what? We would rather have either Justin Fields or Zach Wilson with the second overall pick, Sam Darnold. We're going to let you go. It's not a whole lot of movie uh, money uh, cap hit to, to move on from if you're Houston in that perspective, and I'm sure New York would still pay a bit of the salary as well. Let Sam Darnold go. He becomes a free agent on the market. You can probably get him for cheap on more of a prove-it sort of deal here, similar to what Jameis Winston had to deal with uh, when he moved on from Tampa to New Orleans, who's another guy that I think should be on the list. It's Darnold and Jameis are the final two guys On my list, we're not going to dive into the Cam Newton thing here, although I think that's probably a very realistic possibility. But I'm trying to be a bit more optimistic and have this franchise not become the Washington Panthers. But Sam Darnold is a guy that you at least have to look at, bring him in, and don't guarantee him anything. But I think if you bring Sam Darnold in and have him compete with Heineke and Kyle Allen for the starting quarterback, you might be able to get the best version out of Sam Darnold. And if we're going to Uh, for other quarterbacks, operate under this mentality that, you know, maybe a change of scenery can bring out the best version of them. if we're doing that for Derek Carr, if we're doing that for Marcus Mariota. Well, Sam Darnold is the one guy in the NFL that I feel like that makes the most sense with, seeing as the Jets and Adam Gase and the offensive guru that he was supposed to be ended up falling flat the hell on his face. So I'm with it. I'm very, very open to bringing in Sam Darnold, and allowing him to compete for the job. Now, keep him away from U Street. Keep him away from there. We don't want him getting mono again. But I'm open to seeing Sam Darnold compete for the job and hoping that maybe a change of scenery actually does benefit him a ton. And then Jameis Winston is the other guy. He sat under Drew Brees. He sat with Sean Payton. I still think they screwed him by putting Taysom Hill over over him to start those games when Drew Brees was out. But maybe that suggests that they don't want to keep him around. He only signed a one-year deal with New Orleans. It was a cheap deal. I think it was like a million dollars, which is very, very, very low. You can probably bring Jameis Winston in, boost that up a little bit. I doubt he's going to take a one-year, one million, or whatever it was. But give him a couple million dollars, have him come compete. He's likely going to, to win the job. If you're an adrenaline junkie, he's going to provide you with that roller coaster feeling every single game. And what was the big, what was the biggest issue offensively with the team this year? Damn, why isn't anyone moving the ball down the field? Damn, why aren't we throwing deep? Jameis solves those. He's going to turn the ball over. Hopefully, he's not throwing 30 interceptions like he did his final year in Tampa. But you know James is going to turn the ball over. But on the flip side, you know he's going to put the ball and move it down the field. And I think that's something this offense really needs. We need those explosive plays. Jameis can sling the ball like no other. You just hope that his decision-making has gotten better. Uh, he proved in the limited amount of time that he actually got on the field with New Orleans. He still has it. So if you can get Jameis Winston for cheap, if somehow New Orleans lets the dude walk, I'm not against it. And just make him pay for the crab cakes that he gets if he goes out to eat in the great state of Maryland. And I think we're all good there with Jameis. Uh, and finally here as we wrap up talking some quarterbacks here on the Pick ben Podcast. Again, if you agree or disagree, hit me on the Twitter machine at uh, TheDentonDay. The final aspect of what we do with the quarterback spot is going to play out uh, in the NFL draft. We're not getting Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I think we understand that. There are a couple other options that will be available. There's a chance Justin Fields will be available. Some people seem to think that he's going to slip. Uh, I don't think he's going to slip that far, but he might slip far enough to where a team is sitting there at the, the later stages of the top 10 or maybe even past the top 10 that would be willing to trade back at not as steep of a price as it would take to trade up to number two. I prefer Justin Fields over Zach Wilson. I might be in the minority on that one. I know people are still hanging a well. You know, he played at Ohio State, and so did Dwayne Haskins. We can't go back to them. Uh, I disagree with that that line of thinking because I think Justin Fields is straight up just a better quarterback than Dwayne Haskins was in college. You're going to hang the Northwestern thing over his head. I don't really have an explanation for that one. I mean, we can talk about the injury on his throwing hand. We can talk about no Chris Olave, Or we can just straight up be honest and say, you know what? He sucked against Northwestern. He didn't play great, but he had the Northwestern game, and then he had the Clemson game. And that was a game where you look at like, whoa, this dude's really good. It was one of the more prolific performances we have seen in recent college football memory and doing so against a really good Clemson team. So I am still in the Justin Fields camp. If it comes to Fields versus Zach Wilson, I wouldn't hate getting Zach Wilson. Like, let me be clear with that one. I think the top four quarterbacks in this year's NFL draft, I think all of them are going to be at the very worst solid professionals, that being Trevor Lawrence, duh, Uh, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson. And then the most intriguing of the bunch Being Trey Lance, I hate that he didn't play this year. He opted out. I don't. I don't hate him for opting out, but I would have liked to see him play this year just to get a better understanding of what exactly he is. You know, he's playing against lesser competition all the way up there in the Dakotas that nobody really watches unless you're just a diehard fan of the FCS. But had he played, he would have drawn eyes to those games, knowing that he was going to be a quarterback that was going to uh, be a first-round guy. And if Zach Wilson can draw a bunch of eyes to BYU as they're playing at like 10 o'clock on a Saturday, Trey Lance could do the same. So I'm a little upset that he didn't get to play. But if he's available at the late stages of the first round, which I do think he could be, I'm up in the air as to whether or not we're going to see a complete and utter fire sale at the quarterback spot in the NFL draft. I think we will when it comes to pass catchers. I think a lot of wide receivers are going to go off the board relatively early. Kyle Pitts is going to go off the board relatively early, and there might be maybe another tight end or two that sneak up into the first round. That I'm more uncertain of, but I think there's a real chance we could see about seven to eight wide receivers get drafted in the first round, which means one or two of these quarterbacks could kind of slip through the cracks and get to us without us having to move. And if either Zach Wilson or Trey Lance or by some stretch of the imagination, Justin Fields is available at 19 and we haven't gone out and traded for another quarterback, I think you pull the trigger on one of those guys. You draft them, you use whoever we have as a bridge quarterback, whether that be Kyle Allen, Taylor Heineke, or Alex Smith, you hope that they develop and they learn in the, at least the first eight games, the rookie that is, and then we can kind of assess where we are through the midpoint of the season and decide do we want to throw the rookie into action. If one of those guys is available uh, deep into the draft, I think you pulled the trigger on it. If if you are arguing for Mac Jones or Kyle Trask in the first round, I would invite you to do the same thing that I told the people who want to trade multiple first-round picks for Derek Carr to do? Give me your address. I'm not gonna fight you. I'm just gonna dump laxatives in your coffee. Mac Jones, Kyle Trask, not first-round quarterbacks. I don't care what their stats said in college. Mac Jones was playing against one of the mo- playing with. One of the most prolific offenses that we have seen in recent college football memory. Uh, that is not going to be the case in the NFL. Steve Sarkeesian did a fantastic job of getting those dudes open. And a lot of the really good defensive players on some of the teams that they ended up playing opted out. Don't want to see Mac Jones. Don't want to see Kyle Trask unless it's later in the NFL draft. We're talking like second, third round uh, and even still, that's probably more of a maybe. All right, so those are the quarterbacks that I think we should at least take a look at. I'd love to know your thoughts. Hit me up on Twitter at the and Day. Any breaking news that takes part between now and whenever the hell I do the next podcast, well, we'll just do another podcast then. So be on the lookout for that. Keep your eyes peeled. Until then, we'll do some more draft stuff as we get closer to that after we do the weird version of the combine and the pro day situation that we got going on this year it's going to be weird it's going to be a mess but fingers crossed that once we get to spring and once we get to mini camp and training camp it's going to look a lot more normal than it did last year which would in turn give our team a much better look entering week one of the season a much better comfort level entering week one of the season so be on the be on the lookout for that be on the hopes for that when it comes to the, the spring and summer situation i'll see you the next time one of these. Drop. Hit me up on Twitter at the Dead Day. Peace.